Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Today we want to talk about baptism, which is an outward sign of grace received from God. It's an outward sign of an inward experience, and we're calling this Raised to Life. I'm, I'm wearing my Raised to Life uh, t-shirt today, and, and so we are excited about seeing people raised to new life in Christ, because really that's, in a sense, what water baptism symbolizes. In our refuge, we believe in making and celebrating certain spiritual milestones in people's lives. In fact, people that are really earnestly seeking God and, and, and determined that they've committed to live out his purpose for their life. And so this significant milestone of water baptism is something that we celebrate together. We rejoice together as, as these men and women will be given public testimony of their faith in Christ. And so baptism is a way of making this very important decision that a follower of Jesus Christ makes. It's an important part of our walk with him. And so we want you to be informed about the biblical meaning of baptism. So as I said, I want to share a little bit about that. Uh, because baptism is a symbol of a spiritual change that's happened in a person's life. And so going back to the basics, uh, we, we understand uh, that the Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 2, it, uh, uh, actually you know, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 2 talks about the basic elementary principles of Christ. And one of the things listed there is the doctrine of baptisms. The word doctrine simply means teaching. So uh, Hebrews mentions the teaching about baptisms. Now what's interesting, the word baptism is plural. So that means there's more than one type or kind of baptism that we see in the Scripture. Uh, we see the, the step of water baptism for those who follow Christ. We see baptism into the body of Christ, which is a spiritual joining of our lives with Christ Jesus. And then there's what we see in the scripture called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, where we're infilled and infused with the power of God's Spirit. And so we see those three primary um, aspects of baptism uh, played out in different ways. And so uh, I want to pray this morning before we go any further. And we want to lift up Linda, uh, who's Krista is being water baptized this morning. It's her grandmother. She's suffering from minor strokes. And so she asked me before the service if we could just hold it up. So as a congregation, we want to uh, lift you up in prayer before um, you all today, before the Lord. So let's join our faith together. Heavenly Father, we're honored to be able to be here in your presence. I thank you for each one that has come today to be part of this service. We thank you for your spirit that's moving to inspire and to bear witness of the truth. We thank you, Father, as we honor you, that your name will be exalted in this place. In Jesus' name. And we lift up Linda. Father, we pray for her health and well-being right now. And Father, we pray that uh, you would heal her from these many strokes and this condition right now. We pray that you give the doctors wisdom and guide them in, in their care that they give her in Jesus' name. We just pray for restored memory. Father, we thank you for her health and well-being. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now there's three important things we need to understand about water baptism. Number one, it's an act of obedience. 
It's an act of obedience. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus commands his followers to be baptized. Because Jesus himself commanded it, Christians ought to be baptized. I think sometimes we live in, in a time where we don't have to follow all the commands of Jesus. We can just choose the ones that are comfortable with us, uh, that are meaningful to us, but the rest we can ignore. Well, we, we really can't. We need to obey what Jesus instructed us to do. And, and this is one thing in, he instructed us to do. And you know, if, if, if Jesus would have said, be saved and uh, stand on your head, well, then we'd all be standing on our head. There'd be some ritual ceremony revolved around that. But he said, be saved and baptized. So we obey that command. We take that to heart. We take that very seriously. The scripture reads in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. In fact, these were some of the closing statements of Jesus right before he ascended into heaven. This was after his resurrection. He had been raised from the dead. He was appearing before his disciples. He was spending time with them and bearing witness of the power of God's resurrection and giving new life. And right before he ascended into heaven, he shared this with his disciples in verse 19 and 20 of Matthew 28. He said, go therefore... And make disciples, a disciple is a disciplined follower, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of this age. So there we see very clear Jesus' command. And I believe as, as people follow the Lord in water baptism, they're following through on the steps of discipleship that led to further obedience. See, if we fail to obey Jesus in this command, we hinder our growth and our progress in God. And so I, I believe that God blesses obedience. One step of obedience leads to another step of obedience. And so this is one step that we can't ignore for those who truly want to follow Jesus. And so when we consider water baptism, uh, we're following an example that Jesus himself set. In Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, the scripture reads, now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I'm well pleased. So Jesus set that example. And I believe today, as those that are being baptized are coming forth and going under the water, when they come up from that water, we're believing that heaven will be opened upon them. And, and see, the heavens uh, actually refer to God pouring out blessing upon his people when there's an open heaven. And this happened when Jesus was baptized. And so God demonstrated and expressed his good pleasure over his son. And so I believe God's going to express his good pleasure over those that are being baptized today as well. And so, number two, we understand that that baptism is a public declaration. It's a public declaration. Really, it's an initial testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. In water baptism, the believer is immersed in water as a testimony of new faith and obedience to God. See, it's, it's really recognizing we're dying to the old way of life, and we're rising up a newness of life to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, uh, the scripture reads, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, 
I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. That's the new uh, living translation. And really, as a public declaration, we're proclaiming, we're confessing the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We're confessing who he is and acknowledging what he's done for us. See, it's so important for a new believer to become public with their faith. Uh, Many people remain secret and never really fulfill God's plan for them. Water baptism is an open profession that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. Number three, we see that water baptism is a symbol of your new life as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a symbol of your new life as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want to direct you to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Uh, we, we see, and I, I love Romans 6 because it really addresses so many things concerning uh, how we are set free from the power of sin and really what it means to live life in Christ Jesus. And so Romans 6, starting verse 1, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ See, that's talking about identity, identification with him. Baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death. Verse 4, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. See, this is an example for us that because of the new life we have in Christ, we now have a power to live this life that we didn't have before because we failed so many times. And, and even as Christians, we still fail. But we have new life in Christ to live out his resurrection power in this earth. So baptism is a symbol of covenant and commitment. It's a symbol of covenant and commitment. Much like a wedding ring, when a couple marries, they exchange rings. The rings are symbols to others of their commitment to each other. Like the wedding ring, baptism is a symbol which testifies before God and man of the promise and covenant a person has made in his heart with Jesus Christ. But I believe baptism is more than just a symbol. It's an identification of our life with Jesus' death, with his burial, and with his resurrection. Because we're made one with him. We identify with him in that. Really, it's also a physical sermon. As you are laid down in the water... You are testifying that you died to your old self. As you are brought up, you are testifying that you have been raised up in new life by Jesus' resurrection. Raised to life by him. And so through submersion in in baptism, we symbolically speak of the death and the burial of our old way of life. And rising up out of the water into a new way of living in Christ Jesus. And so I, I want to share with you, I had I, um, actually baptized three times in my life. I was baptized as an infant. That was by the choice of my parents. But then when I had an encounter with Jesus at the age of 17, um, I went to a church, and they were talking about a water baptism. This was out in Idaho. How many of you know what Idaho is? It's out west, Mountain Home, Idaho. And I was at this little church, and they were talking about water baptism. And I said, well, I was baptized as an infant. And I thought, but that was my parents' decision. Now I have a choice in the matter. I want to obey God in this act of obedience. And so I was water baptized there. And I tell you, that encounter impacted my life in ways I can't describe. 
And then uh, years later, we, uh, um, I went to Israel to visit, and then uh, the second time I went to, to Israel, we took a, a group of people from our church here. We co-hosted a, I co-hosted a group with another church in River Falls, uh, where actually Heidi, who received the offering on MC today, that's where she attended. So we did a group tour together. And so that pastor of that church and I, we went to the Jordan River. We took our people there because we were going to be baptized where Jesus baptized the people, you know. So I thought, this is cool. So we get out in the water, and, and we agreed with this other pastor that, okay, I will baptize you, you will baptize me, <laughs> except he's only this tall, and I'm six foot two, okay? So he was probably a foot shorter than me. And, and at that time of the year, the Jordan River was moving pretty swiftly. That current, I mean, just to stand out there was pretty hard. So we, we, did, we baptized people from our own churches, and then, okay, it was time to baptize each other. So um, I baptized him first, and then um, he baptized me. And I didn't bend my knees or anything like that. And we were standing on the rock, and he puts me down, and all of a sudden the current of the river grabs both of us, and we go downstream. <laughs> and I tell you what, I don't know how to swim, so that was quite the encounter for me. So I had people helping save my life, and so... Uh, it would have to happen to your pastor, you know, yeah, floating down the Jordan River. You know, I bet Jesus was laughing at that, you know, looking down from heaven. Hey, I'm sure John the Baptist may have lost a couple when he was baptizing there too. So anyway, before we, <laughs> before we have... Um, the worship team come up and we're going to begin to baptize uh, the candidates this morning. I want to talk about the Ethiopian uh, in, the, in the time in the early church that had come to Jerusalem to worship. And apparently he was a proselyte, a Jewish proselyte, and he came to worship. On his way back to Ethiopia, there was a man by the name of Philip, who is known as Philip the Evangelist. The Spirit of God said, join yourself with that Ethiopian man. And so as he went up to the guy's chariot, he was reading from the book of Isaiah, and he was confused because he was reading from the 53rd chapter, and it was reading about Jesus, the prophecy about Jesus dying for us. And he was confused, and, and so Philip began to explain the gospel and share who this person was, this Redeemer, this Messiah. And as, and as he joined with this Ethiopian, and he was like the money guy for the queen. He was like the financial manager over the whole nation. So he is probably a very wealthy guy, but yet he had a need just like all of us. We need Jesus. And so Philip was able to share the true good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as they were going, they came by a body of water. And the Ethiopian said, what prohibits us from being baptized? And so Philip baptized that Ethiopian. Now it's, it's known historically that that man was like the first missionary into Ethiopia and radically impacted that nation and brought the gospel to the nation of Ethiopia in that day. And so who knows what you will do in your obedient decision to follow Jesus and how many lives you will impact and change. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. 
To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.